I'm gonna be honest with you, this is kind of a really tough thing to discuss, not because not because it's not the Bible's not about it, because like literally we're talking about religion versus faith, but it's because the Bible doesn't really talk about religion a whole lot. It definitely goes into more faith, but what we're gonna be talking about tonight is religion, and then next week we're gonna look at faith and kind of how they compare contrast. So um, but as I start to look at this, and honestly, like I know who in here talked about like being interested in this, and I know a couple other people were like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, and so I'm not trying to knock on you with this next thing I'm about to say, uh, but whenever this was first brought up, kind of in my brain, like when I first heard it, I was like, that sounds a little kind of silly. Like, we don't know the difference between faith and religion. And then, you know, I realized, again, I'm coming through from it from a place of like, I've, one, I'm a little bit older than you guys. I don't like to think I'm too much older than you guys, but I am. But, like, I'm older than you guys. I've had more time to study and understand the Bible. And on top of that, not only that, but I have a a degree from a seminary, so I've studied the Bible in a little more depth probably than many of you have had the chance to. Not that some of you can't be great biblical scholars and can probably school me on facts or whatever. But when I first heard this, I was like, how do we not understand like the basic idea of the difference between faith and religion? And then I realized that maybe these things are closer together than I originally thought, especially whenever I started looking at these topics and these ideas. I started to think that they really like kind of overlapped each other in some areas. And <clears throat> their closeness, like how close they are in what they, how they relate to each other, has led people, I think, in our current culture and our current society to mistaken them or maybe even have reached a point to where we can substitute them in for each other. Like we can talk about our religion and use the word faith and people wouldn't bat an eye. Or we could be talking about our faith and use the word religion and people would be like, yeah, that sounds right. And, you know, I've always seen, the way I've always kind of viewed it is religion is something that you are or that you belong to. Whereas faith is something that you believe or that you possess. Okay, I'll say that again. So I've always seen it as religion is something you are or you belong to, and faith is something you believe or that you possess. And the more I thought about this, <clears throat> and I really like, you guys are probably going to think I'm super weird for doing this, but and maybe I am super weird. In fact, I probably am super weird. But I literally sat in my office, and I tried to say sentences where I thought the word should be faith and use the word religion and see how wrong it sounded to me. Like, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but like I literally tried to say it out loud and was like, does this sound wrong? Like, and then I would do it the other way and I'd be like, does this sound wrong? And I realized that to me in our current culture of church, these words do feel very interchangeable. Like I would say things, I'm like, wow, that surprisingly doesn't sound like very wrong to me. So, for example, if you had someone that came up and said, um, hey, what, what faith are you? Okay, some of you might say Christian. Some of you might say Baptist, whatever. But if someone came up and said, hey, what religion are you? Some of you would say Christian and some of you would say Baptist. Like, I realized in this moment that this word faith and religion can be kind of used 
simultaneously in our culture. And so I think this is a very valid question, especially for you guys as teens who probably hear these words get used interchangeably all the time to really look at and examine the difference between what our religion is and what our faith is. So, like I said, tonight we're really going to dive into this idea of religion. Okay, We're really going to look at this concept and this structure of religion and what that means to us and how it relates to us. Because clearly, we all hear this word and we think of church. Right, or we think of like some sort of spiritual place of worship, okay, or something like that. So, if you Google religion, which I did, okay, I'm not above saying that I just Google stuff and read it straight off the Wikipedia page, okay? I'm a youth pastor, I don't have to cite my sources, come at me, okay? <clears throat> so, if you Google search religion, and I thought this was a really cool definition actually, literally the first line in the Wikipedia page for religion says this. It says, religion is a social cultural system of designed behaviors and practices that relates to humanity, that relates humanity to spiritual elements, which is like really a very fancy and technical wordy way of saying it's a group of humans that believe the same thing about the supernatural. Okay, so when we look at this idea of supernatural, like people might think superheroes, aliens and everything. But when I'm talking supernatural, I'm talking about like deities like gods and the spirits world and stuff like that okay so this idea of religion is basically a group of humans a group of people who believe the same thing about something supernatural and uh, the more i did some research on religions and everything and and i'll tell you guys right now the when you look at world religions there's what's called the big five, okay? And you guys could probably name most of them with me, but they're Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, and Judaism, which are like Jewish people, okay? In my research, I found that 80% of the world's population, 80% fall into one of what is now the big four religions, And that is Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism, that less than 1% of the world is now Jewish or is a practicing Jew. Another 15.5% of the world's population classifies themselves as non-religious. This would be atheists, agnostics, that kind of thing. Okay, So if we look at that, we have 80% that are the big four. 15.5% that are non-religious, that means that literally 96 of the world's population now believes either the big four or no religious affiliation. Okay? So I think, like, if I were looking at that from a statistics standpoint, I would look, wow, almost 97% of the world, that basically means the world has four religions and then one category of non-religion. When in reality, I went on to find out that there are an estimated, this is about to blow your minds, an estimated 10,000 religions in the world. So I started to really think, why do we have four religions that compromise 80% of the population and then 9,996 religions 
that incorporate 3% of the world's population. Like, why is this? How does this happen? And realistically, here's how it breaks down. We have 9,996 world religions that are basically just folklore or a people group's heritage. Okay, so these are like tribes in Africa, tribes in South America, tribes in places where modern religion has not gotten there. And so they're still doing things like worshiping. And I'm not, this is not a joking matter. This is very real. But they're doing things like worshiping sun gods and praying to like the clouds and like different things like that. These are their religions of like their people. Okay. And so you have basically 10,000 of these religions around the world, each people group having their own religion. That's why there's so many. And then you have a big four. And realistically, I think that big four can be broken down into two categories. I think you have two in Hinduism and Buddhism. And this is not like, if you guys want to have a discussion about world religions, we can do that someday. We're not going to do that today. But you have two in Buddhism and Hinduism that focus mainly on spiritual enlightenment. Okay? Really more Buddhism. Hinduism definitely leans that way, but Buddhism is all about spiritual enlightenment. There is like not really a god in, in Buddhism. And then there's two world religions, and they are the two biggest world religions in Christianity and Islam that are built and founded on a spiritual relationship. And this means your relationship with a deity. Okay, So for Christians... That would be God or Yahweh. For Islams, that would be Allah, right? Now, and realistically, the fact, and and this is not, what I want you to take away from tonight is not that Christianity and Islam are basically the same religion. I am not saying that at all, okay? I want to debunk that right now. But what I'm saying is, if you look at the structure and you look at the beliefs of the two religions, There are a lot of areas that overlap, okay? Many areas that overlap between Christianity and Islam. The problem is, and this is where they differ so greatly, is that the most critical points, mainly who Jesus is, or who Jesus said he was, okay? As Christians, we believe Jesus is who he said he was. Islams do not believe Jesus is who he said he was. And they also believe that Muhammad, a later prophet, was the Messiah, Okay, so we're going to clarify Christianity, Islam, definitely not the same. They have a lot of areas where they overlap, and we'll get into why that is in just a second. But it made me start wondering to myself, why do we have these four religions that kind of stand out from all the others? And I think there's really a couple reasons why. I think that people are drawn to either... Something relational, meaning a need to have a relationship with a God. Or they are drawn to something spiritual in the sense of I need to be more enlightened or knowledgeable or something. And so I think people are drawn in those two directions and they they find a sense of truth in these religions. Okay, Obviously, as someone who is a practicing Christian... I believe that Christianity is true. And so, yes, when I look at the Christian religion, I see truth in that. 
in the same way that I feel that Islamic people look at the uh, the Quran. Thank you, uh, and they see truth. They they feel like when they read that that there is truth in it. And then on the other hand, I see people who study Buddhism and Hinduism, and they gain this spiritual they they gain sort of like a spiritual peace, and they they feel that there is truth in that. Okay, and so clearly, what what our job is is to examine these things, to look at the to look at the pieces of truth in them, and to discern which one is the most true. Okay, that is our job as humans. Because if we miss on what religion we follow, what belief system we align with, that could be a critical error. And it could lead, according to Christianity, to eternal separation from God. <clears throat> so what does the Bible say about religion? Like this, The Bible is what Christians believe. Okay, So what does the Bible say about religion? Is religion even a biblical concept? Short answer, yes, but also no. Okay, and that may sound confusing. But you've got to realize that, what did we talk about at the beginning? That religion is simply a community of people with a like-minded belief, right? And if you look at the Bible, from the beginning in Genesis 1, the Bible is all about a God who wants to have a relationship with humanity. Right? That's, that's literally what the Bible's about, is God created man and woman to have a relationship with them. That's the first chapter of the Bible. And so, yes, the Bible is all about religion because it's about a community of people having a relationship with a God. And I believe that it is God's plan for everyone to have a personal relationship with him. And in that moment, in that moment where they all share a similar personal relationship with God, they find unity. Like in the same way, like, I mean, think about this. If you have something in common with another group of people, you tend to get along with them. I think, for example, my family just went to Silver Dollar City last week, last weekend, and I was wearing an OU shirt because, I mean, they're the best. And, and I was wearing an OU shirt walking around Silver Dollar City, and OU was playing football that day. And I had multiple people that day who were also OU fans that I had never met before in my life say either something like boomer and expect me to say sooner back to them, or they'd be like, yeah, go OU, or they would say something like that. Like, and in that moment, I know nothing else about this person then they cheer for the same sports teams that I do. And we had a connection, right? I could have sat down and probably talked to them for a few minutes about something. Like we would have had an instant connection based on something we have in common. And in the same way, God's plan was for his people to have a relationship with him. And that in turn, that relationship would be something that binded them together as humans. Do you see how that works? Like I could meet any one of you randomly, and if you were wearing a shirt that said, Jesus is Lord, I don't know. I wear my shirt that says Jesus has a beard all the time, and people always say things to me. It's like wearing an OU shirt, and people are like, we're on the same team, high five Jesus. Like, but, like, 
I could meet anybody who is a fellow Christian, and I could immediately have something in common with them, right? I could not know anything about them, but I could probably sit down and have a conversation for a few minutes with them about what we believe. And I think this was God's plan, was to to create a people who had a relationship with him and had a relationship with one another. And see, here's where the things went wrong, is that humanity stopped having a relationship with God. They stopped caring about their relationship with God. They turned their backs on him, and God had to start over again. Okay? There's this thing called the flood in Noah's Ark. You may have heard of it. Okay? Like, he had to start over. Okay? And the second time he starts over, God goes, Okay, this time I'm going to base it on a relationship with me, but I'm also going to start it from within a family so that they already have a bond with one another. You may be familiar with the family of Jacob, okay, or renamed Israel and he and his 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is a people group that grew into a vast nation, okay? And in reality, if you look, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time because this is world religions here, this moment, so Abraham had Isaac, Abraham had sons Isaac and Ishmael, okay? Isaac is who eventually had Jacob, where Christianity springs off. Ishmael ended up having a daughter who married Jacob's brother Esau, and that formed Islam. Okay, so if you're looking at like world religions and where they orient, they both started with Abraham. Okay, both religions looked to Abraham as the father of their religion because that's where they both started. So. You see in this moment that God uses this tribe of Jacob, of Israel, and his 12 sons to create a people, a family. And he uses this family to prosper his nation, a nation built of people having a personal and intimate relationship with God. And while the Israelites, obviously we know about them wandering through the desert for 40 years and blah, 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 they had an up and down relationship with God. They ultimately created the world's first religion in Judaism, right? These were the Jewish people, and they created the world's first religion in Judaism by having this relationship of God through, their, through the family of Jacob. And over time, we'll fast forward through the Old Testament, right? And we get to the New Testament, and we see Jesus comes down, and over time, a course of a couple thousand years... This first religion that God has created has become more about the institution of the religion, has become more about the leaders of the religion, and more about the rules of the religion than actually about the relationship with God. And we see this never more apparent than when God himself comes to earth, Jesus, okay, that's, that's God himself coming to earth, Jesus comes and he condemns the Jewish leaders for their unrighteous practices and focuses, okay? You may know a scene where he turns over the temple tables because of what they're doing in there. This was him saying that what you're doing is no longer a religion, like what what your religion has become is not focused on God and relationship with him, but has become focused on you and your rules and your procedures and how you think things should work. And what's even more shocking in this moment is that these Jewish leaders had become so much more focused on the religion 
that they missed the faith of the Messiah. Like the Jewish people were so focused on their religion that they missed Jesus. They didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They knew more than anyone. Like, listen to this. These people, the Jewish leaders, knew more about Scripture than anyone else. They attended church more than anyone else. They knew more about the coming Messiah, Jesus, than anyone else. But yet when they were face-to-face with Jesus, they didn't recognize him because they were so focused on their religion and not on their faith. And I fear that we, too, have become a people who has allowed our religion to distort our view of who Jesus is. They had become so focused on the religious structure and the procedure that they lost sight on the personal relationship with God. And this is why Jesus, this is one of the biggest reasons why Jesus came, was to start this relationship over with God, basically to start a religion again for a third time. Okay, so we have the creation of Adam and Eve. We have the flood and starting over with the tribes of Jacob and Israel. Now we have Jesus coming. And what does he do? He doesn't turn the Jewish religion into like the continued religion. He establishes, and I'm not saying that Jesus came to like establish a new religion, okay? But he established what became a new church in Christianity. Okay, so this is essentially God's third time starting over this construct of religion in the world. he established a new community of believers focused again on having a personal relationship with Jesus. And it worked, right? Like we can literally read through the book of Acts and we see this beautiful picture of religion and community where we see all these believers who sold all their possessions to take care of one another. It's literally the most beautiful picture of community that exists in scripture. And so we see that Jesus was successful in this attempt of creating a new community of believers. And yet here we are 2,000 years later and humanity has screwed up religion for a third time. And, and, and this isn't all our fault. Like I, I think a lot of times I sit here and I talk about our culture has done this. This happened hundreds of years ago. This started with what was originally just the single church. There was just one Christian church. The, the Christian church. Now, what most of you probably know is the Catholic church. Okay? It was the original church. Like, that was what the Apostles' Church became, is now the Catholic church. And they became so enthroned with policies and procedures. We look at things like saying Hail Marys or making confessions, or they, they've become so obsessed with appointing leaders like the Pope and cardinals and bishops. And all those people are like, like, they're, they're not bad people. Like, I'm not trying to say that, but this, this religion has become more about the procedures and the practices and the leaders than it has become about a personal relationship with God. And this is why we see <clears throat> that a little over 500 years ago, there was a guy named Martin Luther, and that was actually just on Halloween, October 31st is Reformation Day, and he nails... 95 thesis, 95 statements to the door of the church. Basically saying 95 things that is wrong with the way that the church is functioning. And what this began was called the Protestant Reformation, the Protestant movement, okay? And so all the churches that you now view as Christian outside of Catholicism 
So you have Catholic churches, Catholic Christian churches, and you have Protestant Christian churches. So anything like Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Nazarene, all those things. Like there's tons of more denominations. You guys know that. All those are Protestant Christian churches. And I look at this, and now for a fourth time, we're starting over a new relationship with God, a new community of believers. I mean, if this was a romantic relationship, like, we would view it as dysfunctional. Like, I've had friends before that, like, kept breaking up and getting back together, and we were like, hey, their relationship needs the clapper on it so that we can, like, just, like, clap on, clap off, like... We would view that as dysfunctional. But yet here we are and we've, we've began and ended and began and ended and began and ended and began this relationship with God four times now. And here we are 500 years later, losing our grip on what it means to be, to, what it means to have a personal relationship with God because we've begun to again focus more on the religion we have become a culture who's obsessed with pastors that write books and pastors that teach and listening to podcasts and different teachers or coming to church and listening to me or Aaron or other teachers teach you guys and not having your own personal relationship with God. We've literally done the same thing that humanity has done four times again. And let me tell you right now, the next time God comes to establish his new community, it's not going to be here on this earth. It's going to be on the new heaven and new earth when Jesus Christ comes again. He is going to come back and he's going to establish a new community of believers that will be the final community of believers. And so we have to make sure that in these these times that we have here on earth, that we are establishing ourselves as the true people who are of faith and not of religion. Like it's, it's a good thing to be a religious person, like to be a... But you have to be more invested in your relationship, your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, than you need to be invested in your church. Like, that sounds really weird. Like, because people are always like, come to church. It's important to come to church. Yeah, it's important to come to church. And you should all come to church. I'm not saying that. But you have to be people who are more dedicated to Jesus than you are to any single church. Because that is the most important thing for you. Guys, your faith is not Baptist, Southern Baptist, or Christianity. Your faith is Jesus Christ. And I fear that we've lost sight of this. I fear when people ask you, what's your faith? We answer with, oh, I'm Southern Baptist. I'm a Christian. Someone asks you what your faith is, say, my faith is placed in Jesus Christ alone and his death on the cross. That's what my faith is. It's not my religion. It's what I believe. And in reality, like I said, the Bible doesn't discuss this word religion a whole lot. But there is one popular passage in James 1. And I'm going to read it to you guys because the end of this passage, I think, kind of gets lost in the stuff above it. But this passage ends with almost a condemnation of the kind of religion this world keeps finding itself in. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. I'm going to read it to you. It's James 1. Starting in verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like a man who looks at his own face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and, if his, and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We look at this passage and we see how humanity has been someone who has come to God and then left God and forgotten what God looks like. And then they come back to God and they see him and they reform this relationship, this new community with him. And then they go away and they forget what having a personal relationship with God. Literally the, the man who looks at himself in the mirror and then walks away and forgets what he looks like is humanity. Like it's, it is literally the, the people who form these religions, they turn away from God and they forget what he looks like and they have to be shown his face again. So literally when we look at this passage, these are the people who hear his words. Like these, the, the, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, they knew the words. They heard the words. People in the day of the Reformation, they knew the Bible. People in today's society know the Bible. Like people can quote scripture. I bet everyone in here can tell me John 3.16. Like people know the word of God, but they don't do what it says. And when they do that, they forget what having a relationship with Jesus is like. And they lose sight of who they are. And, and so what do we see here? He says, those who think themselves religious, but they can't rein their tongues. Okay, yes, he is explicitly talking about like people who slander either the name of God, or they ta- have unwholesome speech, or they say inappropriate things. Like, yes, he's talking, but that's just a simple example of rebellion. Like, that's not the only thing that, that defiles a religious man, right? Anything that defiles a religious man is anything that's rebellion to God. And then in the following side, he says... What is good religion? It's those who take care of the widows and orphans. And again, that's a great example. But what it is, is it's truly, it means an example of people who are doing what the word of God says. Because that's not the only place it talks about taking care of widows and orphans. The Bible is clear that that is a role of the church and a role of believers. That's an example that we need to be doers of what the word says. You see, humanity has always polluted religion. And that's why I think that this word religion has almost become like a trigger word for a lot of people is they hear religion and they're like, oh my gosh, this is just like a group of people who are filled with hate and judgment. But that's because humanity has polluted what religion is. In reality, what the church should be promoting is more than just a theological ideology like more than just a belief about who Jesus is and more of a faith in a personal relationship with Jesus. That's what the church should be promoting. The church shouldn't be going out and saying, well, if you believe this, then you're wrong. If you think this way, then you're wrong. If you do this thing, then you're wrong. The church should be saying, hey, here's what the Bible says. And what everyone needs, because everyone's a sinner, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you believe this thing, if you believe that thing, if you do this thing. Everyone needs a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what the church should be preaching. And you know what that personal relationship with Jesus Christ is? That's called faith. 
And so we look at this idea of religion versus faith. We look here and we see religion is almost something that's corrupted, that's, that's damaged, that's almost wrong in a way. And I'm not trying to say that anyone should leave here and go home to their parents and be like, Brian said that religion's awful and we should not have religion. That's not what I'm saying because coming to church and having a basis of what you believe is an important thing. But don't worry about what your religion is. Worry about what your faith is. And that's what we're going to talk about next week, is what faith really is. What it means to have faith in who Jesus is, in who God is, in who the Holy Spirit is. So next week we're going to look at this idea of faith in contrast to this idea of religion. So if you guys will pray with me real quick. We'll get out of here. God, thank you so much for tonight. I thank you so much for the love that you give us, the fact that you have given humanity time and time again to begin a new relationship with you, God. And I pray that these students in here would seek that relationship with you. God, if they do not already have a relationship with you personally, I pray that you would just call upon them tonight, that they would talk to someone and say, I need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because that is the most important thing anyone could do tonight, God. I pray that you would just work on their hearts and help them to grow and develop their relationship with you this week as we prepare to look at what it means to have faith in you next Wednesday night, God. God, we love you. We praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.